Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Actually, you know what? It's a Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast because I'm going to put it up on Tuesday. So uh, welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. A little bonus pod, I guess, reacting to Andrew Barry's uh, press conference, his season wrap press conference that he held on Tuesday morning. Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, and I get into Baker Mayfield and him being the starter in 2022. We get into Kevin Stefanski's play calling, Jarvis Landry's future, all the key points that came out of Barry's press conference. If you're not a football insider subscriber, you're missing out. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. Get that newsletter delivered to your inbox every single day. Become part of our texting subscription service as well, where we text news, updates, analysis, all sorts of stuff. And then, of course, you can have access to those exclusive stories on Cleveland.com slash Browns. Again, it's that blue banner at the top of the page at Cleveland.com slash Browns. Okay, here we go. Our Tuesday bonus Orange Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on the latest edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, and we are going to talk about Andrew Barry, who met with the media on Tuesday morning, wrapping up the season. And let's just start here. Andrew Barry says that he expects Baker Mayfield to be the Browns' starting quarterback in 2022 and that he will bounce back. So, Mary Kay, uh, l- let me just ask you this. Let me frame it this way. We spent mm-hmm. so much time talking about Baker Mayfield and, and all of this. I'm not going to use the word... I don't know. I'm trying to decide if I want to use the word shock or surprise. I'm just going to say surprise. Would it surprise you at this point if anyone other than Baker Mayfield were the starting quarterback in week one? No, I'm going to say it wouldn't surprise me because uh, even though they fully intend to have Baker be their starter right now, it's like when you go out and you look for a house and you want to buy a home and you're ready to, you know, you're ready to put this offer in on this beautiful home and move into it and it's all systems go. And then all of a sudden someone forecloses on this gorgeous mansion and you can get it for a really nice price. And so instead of the first home that you were gonna move into, you buy the mansion. And I think that Andrew Barry owes it to himself to look for the mansion right now, he has to. And there's going to be some quarterback shakeup in the NFL. And you never know what might happen. Now, I think the reason he's saying what he's saying right now is because they do fully expect that Baker's going to be the guy. I don't think they look around and think, oh, yeah, you know, maybe we can get Aaron Rodgers or maybe we can get Russell Wilson or maybe Kirk Cousins is going to become available or, or whatever. I think they look at it like we've got Baker Mayfield. He's going to get better. We're going to have better, you know, guys around him. He's, you know, he already he already has a guaranteed $18.86 million contract for next season. 
Let's play it out. Let's give them one more chance and see how it goes. But as I said, sometimes things change. It's early on in the off season. And with all the stuff going on in the NFL right now, you never know who's going to shake free. So never say never, but yes, the plan right now is that it could always change. Right. And, and Ashley, I'll ask you the same question because I, like, I don't want to, like, we're not saying Andrew Barry is lying, but I, it's kind of a married case point. What if something else comes along? So I'll ask the same question. Would it surprise you if somebody other than Baker Mayfield is the starting quarterback week one? No. And Mary Kay kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like, it, there's just such a long time between now and week one in 2022, like never say never kind of thing. And of course, like we've heard the messaging the last couple of days of everyone standing behind Baker. And I do believe, like you said, nobody's lying, but there's just no other obvious option right now. Um, if something unexpected comes up, like expect the unexpected, it's the off season, crazier things have happened. People get disgruntled, um, want out trade, you know, leave in free agency. Like we don't know fully what could happen between now and I can't even do the math on how many months that is from now, <laughs> but I, I just think it's too long of a time to like, for sure be like, yeah, Baker Mayfield's definitely going to be the starter in week one of 2022. So Mary Kay, I guess I'll, I'll ask this too. So Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry are like masters of saying nothing, especially mm -hmm. Andrew Barry. Like we have to talk to Kevin every single day. So it's kind of like, he sort of has to say something over the course of, you know, hundreds of press conferences. Andrew is like the master of literally saying nothing, not answering a question if he doesn't want to. So it, it does stand out to me that he came out so strongly in, in response to the question if Baker would be the starter. So why do you think that is? Well, there are a couple of reasons for that. First of all, uh, if Baker Mayfield is going to be the starter for next year, you need to show that faith and confidence in him from the start. His confidence needs to be rebuilt. I, I think you could see that by the end of the season, uh, he, you know, he was double clutching and, you know, he just wasn't getting rid, rid of the ball as quickly, uh, you know, as he needs to getting sacked, getting passes batted uh, down in Pittsburgh. His confidence needs to be rebuilt. So they need to show that faith in him in the event that he is going to be their starting quarterback. So that's number one. Number two is what could Andrew Barry very well say today? Could he have said to us, hey, you know what, guys? I doubt this is going to happen. <laughs> but what if somebody takes over in Las Vegas that Derek Carr doesn't really necessarily want to work with? Or what if somebody takes over in Las Vegas, they want to rebuild a little bit and they would love to take, you know, get a couple of first round picks for, for Derek Carr. So, you know, Hey, we're going to wait and see what happens with that situation. And then of course you guys, you know, that uh, Kevin Stefanski has a history with Kirk cousins. And now that, uh, I mean, these people are under contract, <laughs> you can't go talking like this. Um, and so, yeah, Kirk Cousins, you know, Mike Zimmer just got fired and Rick Spielman got fired. And we have no idea what's going on up there in Minnesota. So we're going to keep an eye on Kirk. I mean, like, what, what? I mean, can he say any of that? No, he can't say any of that. Uh, you have to support your current starting quarterback until you don't. You have to. You absolutely have to. And I, I think that they don't think the prospects are that great of, of landing someone else. But stranger things have happened. Stranger things have 
happen. And as I wrote in my column, that caused a little bit of a stir the other day. And I 100%, of course, stand behind every word. Um, let's say you go along throughout the off season and something unforeseen does come along. Let's say, even say that you sign a Mitch Trubisky or something like that, that wouldn't necessarily be your obvious starter. That could shake up the apple cart a little bit, right? That could upset the apple cart. So um, in, in that scenario, you know, then the sides put their heads back together and try to work through some things. But now is not the time. Now is not the time. Why you would be doing your team a disservice and your city a disservice and, and everybody a disservice if you didn't keep your eyes open to add the best talent to this football team at every single position. And Andrew Berry admitted that today. He always admits that. He has to do that. Now, you know, it's not like we're talking about Lamar Jackson here, right? I mean, we're not talking about Lamar Jackson. We're talking about Baker Mayfield, who has struggled for the most part, except for the second half of last season and the second half of his rookie year. Um, and, you know, why wouldn't you look around and see what shakes free and see if there's anything you can do. And for sure, you're not admitting that at the outset. Yeah. And, and Ashley, you always, I think you said it on the post game pod, right? Like trust your eyes or, or whatever it was, right? Trust listen, your eyes. Listen with your eyes. Yeah, there we go. Listen with your eyes. And, and I've, <laughs> you know, I've said, you know, I've always said like, follow the money. Right. And so he can say that today, but the reality is they haven't extended Baker. They're probably not going to extend him between now and then. They paid their, their guards a bunch of money. They're still investing in the O-line. We'll see what they do at, at the wide receiver position uh, this offseason. We're going to get to that a little bit later. But, you know, th this isn't like a gung-ho, yeah, Baker's our guy for the next decade. He definitely didn't say that. He just said he's the starter for 2022. But even that, like, like Mary Kay said, even that is probably still flexible because if you're a GM of a football team and – Aaron Rodgers is like, all right, I really liked playing for Alex Van Pelt. So I'm coming to Cleveland. You're going to say, sorry, Baker. We, we just found a better option. Yeah. I mean, Andrew Barry said, I think Mary Kay mentioned this, like that he has to do his due diligence on all this stuff, obviously. So I think like that's his little, you know, outs that, that, you know, nothing is set in stone with this. And obviously you know, I think this is a this is a discussion for another podcast that we're going to be doing. But like you look at these quarterbacks who have played on fifth year options and whether or not they stay with their teams. It's like non-existent. So I, I think that kind of tells you a lot like to your follow the money kind of point, Dan. And we've spent so much time this year talking about this, about what the money tells us about this team and how much they value the run game. Um, and so it's like one thing to say, yeah, Baker Mayfield's our starter for 2022 but it's like you said definitely not saying yeah he's our guy like we're we found our guy this is it because if he was there would be an extension like it, it just is like you don't need it to be said if it's true a lot of the time I think with situations like this and 18 million dollars isn't really all that much for a quarterback it's you know that's that's pretty reasonable for a starting quarterback in the NFL so if, if that's kind of where you're starting at you know, I'm just looking at next year. You've got one, two, yeah, I mean, you got a bunch of guys. I'm not going to count them all up that are making more than $18 million mm -hmm. and a lot that are making a lot more than $18 million. So even from that standpoint, 
if you end up having to come back with Baker and you're not completely sure what he is, you, you can at least stomach that number. So I, I, I guess with, with what Andrew said, was there anything, Mary Kay, that stood out to you as far as what he did say about Baker today that kind of gave you pause? No, no, nothing that gave me pause, but, uh, but in just talking about the money real quick, think about this. As you guys said, 18.8 is not a lot of money for a quarterback. That's just $2 million more than Jarvis Landry is supposed to make next year. <laughs> it's less than Miles Garrett is going to make next year. And if Denzel Ward gets his extension, it will be less than what Denzel Ward will make in his new money average next year. So I think, as you guys said, it sort of, you know, tells us, you know, that, that they obviously are absolutely not sure about him as the long-term starter. And therefore you have to owe it to yourself to look around and see what you can do to get better at the position. And, um, yeah, I just think that, you know, that it, it makes sense. Now, here's, here's the other thing uh, that we should bring up, and that is the fact that um, I think you asked him this question, Dan, about the money and the fifth-year option, and he said that he marches to his own drummer, even though no one, no quarterback since 2011 has played out their fifth-year option and come back to the same football team. Okay. And I think it's only two guys. It's only two guys that have played it out, but they haven't come back. So, um, but he, what he's trying to say is that doesn't mean that that's how it's going to happen here. We might do something different. We might see how it goes if at the trade deadline next year. He's, you know, lighting it up all over the place and he flips back into the quarterback that we thought he was. Maybe we do an extension before the trade deadline next year, or maybe we franchise him after the fifth year is up. And then we kind of go from there. So, you know, there's no offer forthcoming. We know that now. So they will head into the season with the fifth year option. doesn't mean he'll play out the whole thing, but he's going to have to be pretty damn good in the first eight weeks of the season to get an extension mid season. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think the, the other note here is Baker's part of that first class where that, that option was guaranteed the minute the Browns picked it up, yep. you know, previously and Browns fans will remember this with David Njoku and, you know, Miles ended up signing an extension, so it didn't matter, but um, that, that option wasn't guaranteed until the following league year started. Mm-hmm. And then it was only, it was only guaranteed for injury up until then. So it was a lot easier to move on from guys, you know, Robert Griffin, I think was a guy that got cut, um, you know, there have been guys that have been cut before that fifth year option hit. That's not really as, as much of an option now because you, you guarantee that money almost a year and a half in advance. Yeah. I wonder what the messaging would have been today if the money wasn't guaranteed until March, like it, it had been in the past, you know, what would the strategy have been? Because now, you know, they're almost to the point that if they do find another starter, you're going to be trying to trade uh, you know, Baker somehow, some way, if you possibly can. And here's another thing to think about with that. He's undergoing surgery on January 19th. He can't pass anybody's physical. You know, he can't be like traipsing around the country, making visits or anything like that. You know, people can't bring him in, you know, have them pass their own physical, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so I think they know that because of the surgery and the, and the contract and the circumstances and everything else they see, 
how it might shake out around them in the league. I don't think they see any other alternative right now. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask about that. Um, and I wonder if that's part of the, the issue because I would think if you were going to acquire a quarterback, you'd almost have to include Baker in that trade. And I think it's going to be really hard. I mean, Ashley, if you're, let's, we always talk about Derek Carr, and obviously they're going to be playing a playoff game. So maybe it's off the table. But if you're the Raiders and you want to move on from Derek Carr, you probably at least want to get a guy back, whether you see him as a long term option or not. Are you going to wait four months to make that deal? I mean, the league year opens in March. These things usually actually get, they usually actually go down in like January or February. They just, nobody's allowed to talk to them, talk about them. Are you going to wait four months in the hopes that you're going to land Baker Mayfield? Or are you just going to trade Derek Carr someplace else that can give you two first round picks right now? Yeah, that's what's like tough. I mean, given the year that he's had this year and you're the one that always brings up his numbers the last like how many games of the season is it, Dan? Like six games of the season. Going, going back to that New England game. Yeah. <laughs> going back to the New England game. I mean, what team is going to be like, yeah, like, you know, like that's, that's for sure. A guy, like, I just don't see a team being like, besides obviously the messaging the Browns gave today, believing that this was 100% injury based and that he's going to bounce back and be the same guy. I mean, we just don't know. And I think that makes it kind of a gamble in terms of like, can you even get a viable trade for one of those guys? Will one of these other teams even take him? Um, especially the Raiders who right now, you know, ended up in the playoffs. Like it it just is, there's so many factors at play here. And I do just wonder how other teams around the league, if they would be potentially in the market for a quarterback, how they look at his season. And Andrew Berry got asked a ton of questions like this today about how do you balance evaluating his performance this year with these injuries and with some of the other issues that were going on in the Browns. So like, are teams really going to give that much credit to his injuries for some of his poor numbers or are teams going to look and say like, Oh, look, Odell Beckham jr. Left Cleveland and got a lot better pretty quickly. Like his numbers improved really quickly. Which of those is the stronger argument right now, just by watching those two guys over the last half of the year. Um, I think it's the latter one, right? So I I think it's uh, another, another wrench thrown in there that could impact things and impact what the Browns options are and therefore impact the messaging so that you don't totally alienate him going into next season. If you need him. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think Mary Kay is, I mean, is it possible the Browns could do a deal for one of these quarterbacks if they have to wait until May? I mean, right. We'd be talking about like May for him to really even start thinking about him passing a physical. Somebody would just have to take a chance. I mean, the fact that it's his left throwing shoulder, I think you can reasonably expect that he's going to be fine. Uh, and, you know, it's not like he's going to be coming off the torn patella tendon or, uh, you know, I think, you know, he should be fine unless they get into the shoulder and find out uh, that there is significantly more than the fully torn labrum. Uh, you know, there might be a few other things in there because Baker has spoken of some fraying so I guess you have to find out if he's, if they're going to be fixing the rotator cuff, but, um, but I don't think that it, that any of those things are going to be a deal breaker. So I think if the Browns did find an upgrade that works for them, I think they'd be able to pull it off. But Dan, you and I were talking about this, I think uh, either before or after our video today. Uh, and I don't think we put any of this on, on any kind of uh, camera or anything like that yet today. And that is the fact that 
look at what is going on at the quarterback position in the AFC North alone and in the AFC. Look at what you are up against. There is a renaissance in quarterback play. Lots of good young guys. I mean, just look at that game Sunday night that you're talking about, Dan. Look at Derek Carr versus Justin Herbert, okay? Reflect back on Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes. I mean, all season long, we have been seeing amazing football games like this. Josh Allen versus who? Throw, throw out a good game that he played against somebody this year. I can't remember one off the top of my head. Uh, he's, he's had a little bit of a rough year. But Josh Allen versus, I, I don't remember who the Bills have really played yeah. this year. Um, but, but, but the point is, um, there's been you know, some really, really good quarterback play. And then Lamar Jackson, I mean, think about this, you guys, of course, you know. The Ravens lost their last six games after uh, Lamar Jackson sprained his ankle in that little run-in with Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Never played again after that. They lost their last, I believe it was their last six games. So if anyone thinks that the Ravens are going to be a pushover next year, not happening, okay? They were without, uh, and I'm thinking a lot of these guys are going to be coming back, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peter, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Ronnie Stanley. Uh, if all those guys come back, and Lamar, I'm sure Lamar is going to come back healthy. Uh, so just in your own division, Joe Burrow, hello, Joe Burrow. You, you have to now, I mean, he's only going to get better. This was his first year back from a torn ACL. He is going to get better. So you've got those two guys. And then who do you think is going to show up on the Pittsburgh Steelers doorstep next season? <laughs> we don't know yet, but Dan, you had a good theory. I don't know if you feel like throwing it out here. I mean, of all the teams that I could see taking a chance on this player, it would not surprise me if the Steelers, and I don't know if they have the draft capital to go, to go get him and if he'd want to go there because he has a no trade clause, but Deshaun Watson. That is a mic drop if I've ever heard one, Dan. I mean, if that happens, think about that. Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson in the AFC North alone. Okay. So if you don't think that Andrew Barry doesn't have an obligation to see if he can't try to keep pace with some of these amazing quarterbacks. I mean, didn't we hear, and you know what, Alex Van Pelt wasn't blaming this on Baker, but he was saying, we're not a good pass our way back into the football team right now. Pass our way back into the football game right now. Well, a lot of that had to do with the fact that they didn't have an X receiver and a, a number of other things. They can, become a pass their way back into a football game team next season. They were that last year at times, but were they that against good, really good defenses or were they that against 28th ranked defenses, right? Or 28th ranked pass defenses. So they've got to be able to play 20, the 2020s style football that's going on in the NFL that we have watched all season long. They've got to be able to do it. Well, and there, there's something else to note here. And I, I was double checking this while you were talking. Um, and some, some of these guys, it's by a couple months. Baker Mayfield is older than all of those quarterbacks you mentioned. Mm -hmm. 
he's older than Mahomes. He's older than Watson. He's older than Josh Allen, older than Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. And again, it's a couple months when, when you talk about it, but it's not like yeah. Patrick Mahomes is five years older than Baker Mayfield and he's going to be out of the league at some point. So, you know, like right. Baker Mayfield had pl- played a lot of college football before he got to the NFL. And, yeah, you, you know, you kind of want him to be a little more, you don't want to be five years into his career after all of those college games and still saying, I just don't know who this guy is. All right. We're going to talk a lot about Baker coming up. We have a whole series coming up on Baker Mayfield on this podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk a little bit more about some things that Andrew Barry had to say in his season wrap press conference. And back on the Orange Brown Talk podcast, Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock. And let's get into some other things that Andrew Barry talked about. Ashley, I'm curious what you thought about what he had to say about Jarvis Landry today. Yeah, I'm, you know, I was talking before. I thought it was kind of interesting initially as we were hearing it, but then I read the answer back. And I don't think it's as interesting as I thought it was in real time. And uh, that pretty much sums up listening to an Andrew Berry press conference. You think there's something there. And then in the end, uh, not really. But I mean, he gave Jarvis his flowers kind of, which is nice if Jarvis Landry isn't back because we know the cap hit um, that exists with him. So Overall, I mean, I'll read the quote or part of the quote said, I think everybody on this call knows how much respect we have for Jarvis Landry and really what he has meant for our team and organization over the past several years. He has been a productive player for us really since the day that we traded for him. And he has been really a key piece in terms of how the team and organization has evolved over the last several years, which we spent time last week on the podcast talking about how much Jarvis has meant to the, the culture change and everything like that. So just hearing Andrew Berry say that like wasn't super surprising to me, I guess, but obviously I think everyone knows like the writing is kind of on the wall given his contract situation. Yeah. Mary Kay, what did you think when you heard him asked about Jarvis and the answer he gave? Well, there's one thing that I think that um, listeners should understand about some of these answers is that when you would want to ask a follow-up question and it's about to spill out of your mouth. Uh, Sometimes the press conference is either over or you get muted and you don't get to get your question out because it's time to go on to the next person. So it it doesn't lend itself to a a natural organic flow when you're on these Zoom press conferences. It's difficult because I think the Jarvis thing begged the follow-up. He didn't answer the follow-up part like what about, you know, do you envision him as a key part of this football team going forward? And we didn't get a chance to ask that. Um, but I don't think they 100% know the answer to that yet. And because it does come down to economics. Now, 16.55 is not an exorbitant amount of money for an excellent top-notch premier receiver. But it is a significant amount of money if you feel like you need to upgrade and get another number one and another number two, you would need to apply some of that money to one of those two guys. So, you know, you're not going to pay that to, uh, you know, like your third receiver, you would pay it to your second. And so they have to sit down and decide, you know, if they could find their Jamar chase or Justin Jefferson or that guy for them Um, is, does Jarvis make sense to come back at, turning 30 in November as, you know, at 16.55, maybe, or 
maybe you could restructure that a little bit, bring down that number a little bit and give him um, a little bit more guaranteed money. I mean, they might get to the point where they're like, you know, let's just do the 16.55. We love him. He's our, you know, he's important to our organization. He feels comfortable with Baker. And this is something that I think is important to note. Baker's going to need a confidence overhaul next season. Okay. And he's going to need some pieces that he can feel comfortable with. And Jarvis is a comfort guy for him. He's a go-to guy for Baker Mayfield. Out of all the people that Baker hasn't had chemistry with over these years, he's had it with Jarvis Landry. He has good chemistry with Jarvis Landry. So I, I do think there's a ch chance that he could come back in some kind of a circumstance. So I don't think I would rule it out, but it's, it's up for discussion. And Jarvis has to know that he wants to be back too, because this is not an offense that receivers necessarily flourish in. They're not going to necessarily always put up pro bowl numbers in this, in this offense. So, you know, he's got to weigh his pros and cons as well. So I think it could go either way at this point. And I would say too, like it makes it hard to even get a feel for what he's thinking because we haven't heard from him in so long. So that adds another layer to the unpredictability of it too, I think, since we haven't heard from him since before all the Odell stuff happened. Yes. And I think that we should have heard from him by now um, because there is, um, I think there's a leadership void on this football team. And I will be writing about that probably one of these days soon um, because I just think that if Jarvis is your leader or one of your offensive leaders, then he needs to, to come out and he needs to support his quarterback down the stretch when his quarterback is kind of in battle. He needs to show people that even though Odell is gone, I'm here, I'm fully committed, I'm mentoring. And I mean, we heard that he was doing all of those things, that he was still the Jarvis that everyone knows, but we never really heard it from him. He should have been out talking to us weekly. And he certainly should have talked to us in the season wrap up because that's what team leaders do. Even if you're not in a good mood and even if you don't like how the season went, you need to, you need to speak. You need to represent your football team as a leader of the team. Joel Batonio comes out week after week. And it's of course why he's the good guy award winner all the time, but you know, Joel Batonio comes out rain, shine, Sleet, snow, win, loss, nine sacks, Joel is there, right? And he just does the right thing. And the fact that Jarvis did not come out and speak to us at all in this whole second half of the season, there's a missing chip there for me. And I think it's one of the issues on this football team and it needs to improve. Well, I mean, I think it was striking yesterday that like, you have rookie, like JOK was the one who I think first said the thing about this team wasn't connected enough. Like for a rookie to say that, that says a lot, I think, to be that outspoken about any perceived issue. Mm -hmm. Let's see, who do we talk to? We talked to JOK, Greg Newsom, Joel, John Johnson. Okay. Am I missing somebody? Wyatt. Nick Chubb. Wyatt. And Wyatt Miller. Oh yeah, Nick, Nick Chubb. I forgot about that. Okay. So there were a few veterans, a, a decent mm -hmm. number of veterans mixed in there. Um, yeah, poor Joel. I always feel bad for Joel. When something bad happens, it's like he talked Joel... after the New England game, like Mary yeah. Kay said, he talked after Pittsburgh when they gave up nine sacks. 
He's but, talked but, after every tough loss this year, I think, that I've been. You just have a Joel Batonio like bat signal that they send up whenever something bad happens because they know he'll stand up there and handle it and like not say something stupid. Except the day after Odell's dad posted the video and the first person we heard from was not Joel Batonio. <laughs> it was another offensive lineman, Blake Hans. <laughs> Blake should have been the good guy. (laughs) Yeah, just for that alone, like here, here you go. Thank you. But I mean, that, that's what, you know, that's what true good leaders do. And I do feel bad sometimes too. He's the new Joe Thomas, right? I mean, he took over for Joe Thomas as the go-to guy. And I just feel like, I mean, I don't know. Do you guys agree with me on this? That, I mean, they need more guys like that. I think there are, are guys that, are trying to find their leadership voice. Uh, they haven't quite hit it yet, but, um, but no, I mean, when Odell's gone, you need Jarvis to fill that void, to come out, to talk, to support your quarterback, to pump him up at times, to, to show that everybody's got faith in him. When you're scoring 17 points or fewer in 10 of your final 14 games, when the fans are booing him, no, you yeah. need your receiver to come out and back you up and have your back. I mean, I think in hindsight, like hindsight obviously is 2020, but looking back on that Odell week, like had Jarvis just come out and talked on Thursday, like I, that was his normal day to speak to the, the media, right? I never got to hear him talk. Yeah. Like if, if he came out and just talked and did his normal availability, got the questions out of the way and and. Jarvis Landry is a media savvy guy enough to the point that I think he could have walked the line of saying like, yes, of course, I I still believe in Baker Mayfield and I am happy to be here, but I want the best for my friend Odell. And if he chooses to leave and thinks that's how he's going to be happiest, like I'll still be his friend, but I am a Cleveland Brown and have all the confidence in Baker Mayfield as a result of that. I just did it in 30 seconds. Like if he, <laughs> if he had just come out and said that, I think, and I may, made a similar point. I know when Baker Mayfield didn't talk after the lions game, it turned something into a thing that didn't have to be a thing. And now it's something that we're going to analyze and talk about going into the off season uh, and looking back on the season and wondering like, what if, and, and what would that voice have um, done potentially for, for the rest of the, the team down the stretch of the year, um, and yeah, so basically that's my way of saying, I do agree with, with that point there, that it would have been, I think, important to, to hear from him and could have gone a long way. Well, I suspect that he hasn't talked perhaps in part because of something that he told us the last time that he did talk was, uh, at a charity event, uh, where he gave away, um, thousands of Thanksgiving meals. I mean, it was a unbelievable event actually. And he was gracious and he talked to us. I mean, there were cars lined up all through Parma uh, to come and get, uh, you know, full turkeys and Thanksgiving meals. It was a tremendous event uh, and good for him for doing that. And he was so good to us there. I mean, he like he was his regular Jarvis with us, answered anything that we wanted. And again, they answer football questions at these events in part because they want a light shown on their charity. And that is part of the way that that happens is, you know, if you say something about the game coming up or whatever, then you get to write about the Turkey giveaway. So, um, so anyways, he was great there, but I, he also said, and I, you know, 
we asked him about, you know, opportunities or chances or whatever. It did come to light that he felt like, you know, well, I'm just not really getting very many opportunities. I think I asked one or two of the questions about that. And, um, and he said he didn't know why. And so I suspect that he hasn't talked to us in the second half of the season because when Jarvis feels like, and this is in the past, I don't know if this is what's going on now, but in the past when he hasn't been happy with something or been a little bit disillusioned with, with how things are going, he would rather sometimes not talk than you know, say the wrong thing or whatever. So maybe it's that, you know, that, you know, I, I don't think that Baker was the only offensive player that didn't love the play calling this year. Let's put it that way. I just don't think he was the only one. So maybe that's it. And maybe Jarvis just didn't want to be a negative voice coming out of the locker room. Yeah, I, I'll say this though, in real time, it felt like this was very much a, you know, obviously when you read it, back Ashley it was kind of like oh maybe it didn't mean anything but I just think it's sitting there in real time and watching Andrew it felt like this was a thanks for everything Jarvis we're, we're moving on but uh again one of those things we'll have a few months to to sort through okay last thing here real quick uh play calling Mary Kay you wrote about this Andrew Barry supported Kevin Stefanski as a play caller said that's part of the reason why he has this job uh Seems like we're heading towards Kevin Stefanski keeping those play calling duties, which again, not a huge surprise, but everybody's kind of saying the right things in that regard. Yeah. And, you know, when I asked Andrew Barry about that today, uh, his answer was that I like him as a play caller and that's one of his strengths. He did admit, however, that, that when they do pull it all apart, uh, that they will look at the process of everything and they will try to determine if that's the best way to go or if, you know, maybe tweaking it in some way is the wise thing to do. And, you know, would Kevin be better as more of the CEO kind of guy that oversees the whole process or is the football team best served with him calling play? So they will evaluate it, uh, but it does seem like they like him as the play caller. And I think there's this general vibe that once you know, once things are back to normal next year a little bit, that Kevin will look like a much better play caller than he did this year. Yeah, I misspoke there. The, the, what you said about him saying it's one of his strengths is what he said. He didn't say something to say it about that's why he got hired. But Ashley, when you look at Kevin as, as the play caller, are, are we making too big of a deal over this or is it something that really does legitimately need to be discussed within the organization? I mean, I think it needs to be discussed, but I just keep going back to this talking point that we've had over and over again. Like Kevin Stefanski, I don't think just turned into this this year. I think he didn't trust Baker Mayfield from the things he was calling from, you know, not looking at those downfield shots. Now, does he not trust him because of the injury or is it something else? Like, again, that's just like an assumption you can make by the way things were called this year versus last year. So I just wonder how much of that, if at all, that played into a factor. But I think that's a part of when you look at this whole thing and they are dissecting it in the offseason, um, they have to figure that out, him and Andrew Barry and whoever else is in those discussions, um, and figure out what the path forward is. Because I think like Doug is the one who says like throwing these six-yard passes to tight ends for another season, I don't think anyone can do it um, with this much 13 personnel. I don't think anyone wants to watch that again, and it just wasn't successful with the, the personnel that they have. 
Mary Kay, I mean, same question. Is this is this a big deal? Is it are we making are we making too much out of it? Is it something that, that has to be discussed? Well, I'll tell you what. It's not a big deal if it's going to be either Kevin Stefanski or Alex Van Pelt, because they are, you know, game planning together. They have similar philosophies. They have very similar West Coast backgrounds. They speak the same language and they feel the same way about things. So I think it's six of one, half a dozen of the other, uh, in my opinion, between those two guys. Now, if they decided that they needed a whole new vibe on offense, uh, and they were going to change it up completely in some way. And they brought somebody else in to do that. That's when it becomes a big deal. And I don't foresee that happening. I think they feel pretty good about the coaching staff that they have. I think they could feel good about Alex Van Pelt as their offensive coordinator. I suppose there is a chance that they could turn it over to him. Um, but that's the only way that I think it would become a big deal. I, I just don't think there's that going to be all that much difference between those two guys. Okay, there we go. Uh, our podcast reacting to Andrew Barry, really kind of telling us nothing, but telling us a few things, uh, as he always does uh, here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast. Like I said, we're starting a Baker Mayfield series uh, on cleveland.com slash Browns, and there's going to be accompanying podcasts that go with it. So you'll want to make sure you're subscribed uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. And like I always say, leave us five-star reviews. We love five stars with good reviews, all of that stuff. Become a football insider subscriber to Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the page. Mary Kay and Ashley, I'll talk to you later.